You're listening to the ESPN Radio 94.1 podcast page, accelerated by Sports Innovation X. Six is bridging the gap between tech, athletes, and teams. Check them out at sportsinnovationx.com. Hampton Roads has a long-running high school and college sports tradition. It's time to give them the spotlight they deserve. This is 757 Saturday Sports Talk on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. Here is Matt Hatfield. All right, we're back here for Hour 2 of 757 Saturday Sports Talk, powered by Larry Kinglaw. Matt Hatfield here with him. We're pleased to be joined by a special guest. The second annual Town Bank All-Tidewater Baseball Classic is coming up on Monday, June the 12th at the Bud Matheny Baseball Stadium on the campus of Old Dominion University in Norfolk. Gates open at 5, first pitch is at 6 o'clock, and it's presented by the former Minnesota Twins All-Star. He played in the Major Leagues for 15 seasons, also played for the Rockies and the Mets, and he started at Great Bridge High School in Chesapeake. We're talking about Michael Kadire. Michael, good to have you on the program. How's the uh, post-playing career treating you? Matt, first of all, thanks for having me. I appreciate that. And Post-playing career is great. Uh, I've got my hands in, in quite a few different things, but mainly with the family. I've got a, a son who's a freshman at Great Bridge, and I've had twin 11-year-old daughters. So they, they keep me quite busy. But Still got a lot of a lot of things going on. Obviously, with with Monday coming up in, in high school baseball in the area, and also still working for the Minnesota Twins, and also going to be the the manager of the 18U national team this year. We're going to play in Taiwan in September, so got a few things going. Oh, that's pretty cool. I want to ask about that in a second with you too. But I think I saw you last uh, at one of the ODU basketball games last year. I think you had your youngster with you checking out the uh, hoops actions with the Monarchs. And I, I got to know about that freshman at Great Bridge. Is he has he got some Michael Kadire traits in him? Uh, maybe even better in some respects. Tell, give me fill well, me in. It, it, he had a, he had a really good year this year. Ended up making the varsity team as a freshman and uh, made second team all region. So uh, he played well. He enjoys it. He's athletic and he has fun. So that's. That's all I can ask for is that he works hard, he's a great kid, and, and we're proud of him. That's awesome. Well, it's, it's funny. We had uh, a few weeks back, we spoke with Ryan Zimmerman, and just the 757, the wealth of talent, including yourself and Zim and David Wright, the Uptons, the list just goes on and on of players from here. And we know just all the different influences, the various people like the late Tony Townsend and all these folks that have contributed. Uh, and I know Wiley Lee's among the coaching uh people involved with this classic so i want to know for you though growing up uh did you ever envision something like this coming to fruition and what's it mean for kids and the sport of baseball to have this event coming up here in june a lot of kids are graduating a lot of kids are coming back for their senior year and this is not just seniors correct this also includes some underclassmen does it not correct this is this is uh the pool of of, of players that are going to be nominated for first or second team all tidewater and you know, growing up, that was a big deal for me, was making the all-Tidewater team. It was At that time, it was the only time you really got your picture in the paper that was in color. <laughs> and, um, you know, it was a big spread in the middle of the, of the Virginia Pilots. So it was, a, it was a big deal. And, you know, I, going through my career, I was always really, really proud of the players that came out of the 757, not just in their collegiate careers or professional careers, but the way they represented themselves. And... You know, as far as this classic is concerned, life is full of moments, right? And, and there's actually very few moments that stick with you for the rest of their lives. And I think back to me making all Tidewater, but I also think back to me playing in, in the Major League All-Star games. I don't really remember the games. I don't really remember what happened and transpired in the games. But I remember the conversations I had in the dugout. I remember how cool it was to be able to rub shoulders with my peers 
for one night we were teammates and to look back and think of how cool those those moments and those experiences are and I kind of wanted to take that idea when I was asked and presented with this in the winter and and really give it give that opportunity to the kids in this area so many times high school athletes and youth sports now is is projected to, you know, I got to get a college scholarship or I got to play in this event to to prolong my career, so and so forth. We never really celebrate these athletes. We never really say, hey, you had a really good high school season. Congratulations. I want to provide this moment for you and this opportunity for you. And that's what this game is for. It's It's an opportunity for these kids to play with their peers for one night only, no pressure, no strings attached, not vying for a college scholarship, literally just to celebrate these kids and let them have fun. You know, I'm so glad you said that, Michael, because we watch in the professional ranks some of the all-star games, be it, you know, not trying to knock other sports, but hockey, football, basketball, they've kind of gone by the wayside in terms of the competitiveness. Even baseball's had its issues, as you know, at times with the all-star game that one year it ended in a tie in 2002, if I recall, and then will they have home field advantage on the line for the World Series, the the winning team of the all-star game. But I think it's so cool that you're all doing this to give them that chance to get recognized and honored. And quite honestly, uh, it doesn't so much matter about, you know, who wins or loses is the game who gets tweeted who gets that scholarship this is something that you, like you touched on is a lifetime memory and for those that want to go out there tickets are ten dollars for adults youth ages five to twelve five dollars and i'm sure you have to love this it's free for little league and travel team players if you win your uh, wear your team jersey out there so going out there with a little team jersey because we want to keep kids involved with the sport and make it grow that way do we not no question you know my motto for for this game is is to honor the past, celebrate the present, and envision the future. So we're gonna we're gonna honor former All Tidewater players that come out. We're gonna allow them to come out on the field right prior to introducing the the current rosters. We got some former All Tidewater players of the year that are gonna be lined up around the pitcher's mound to recognize them by name and their accomplishments, their past accomplishments in high school. Obviously, we're going to recognize the current players, and we're going to have a few little leaguers run out there for for the the national anthem as well. You know, we do. We want to honor these these past players that have really made their mark on Tidewater baseball, um, and we want to celebrate these current players. But we also want to inspire these youth players to want to hopefully play in this classic and and play in this game and play for their high school and and renew that civic rivalry and and that civic uh, pride in, in playing for their high school and doing well for their high school, and hopefully this game plays a small part of that. We're chatting with Michael Kadire. He's presenting the second annual Town Bank All Tidewater Baseball Classic coming up on Monday at Old Dominion's Bud Matheny Baseball Stadium. Six o'clock is when it's going to start. Gates open at five. It's the Southside versus Peninsula Private High School Baseball Showcase. The All Tidewater talent is going to be on the field there at seven five seven Saturday Sports Talk, presented by Larry King Law here on Priority Auto Sports Radio ninety four point one. And if you want to get tickets, they can be purchased at the gate or digital via the QR code. Just go visit Go Co. And I know Michael on his Twitter page at mcuddy, that's M-C-U-D-D-Y 23, has a little uh, flyer up there with this event. AllTidewaterClassic.org is the website. For you, Michael, though, growing up, what inspired you about the game and also to do what you did in your career? I mean, two-time All-Star, Silver Slugger Award winner, NL betting champ, Minnesota Twins Hall of Famer, so many uh, neat achievements and accomplishments. But what inspired you and what would you tell the youth today that wants to get on that path? Well, first of all, I just enjoyed competing. I enjoyed playing sports. I played three sports in high school. 
football, basketball, and baseball. Uh, baseball was, was what I took a liking to the most and, and probably was, not probably, was the best at. So uh, it kind of called me. And, you know, I truly enjoyed practice, and I truly enjoyed trying to get better each and every day at my craft or attempting to get better each and every day at my craft. And that's what inspired me. You know, you go through a, a professional season and minor leagues was 140 140 games, big league season, 162 games. Winning can't be the motivation because you're going to win, you're going to lose, you're going to have bad days, good days. The motivation has to be you truly love the sport. You truly love playing baseball, truly love practicing, swinging the bat, putting the cleats on, putting the uniform on. That was where I fell in love with. I fell in love with the, the romanticizing of the game. And I think that's what allowed me and carried me through a 15-season career is, is that romanticizing about the game. So I guess if you ask me my best advice to these kids is the, 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 the scholarship, the making it to the big leagues, achieving these goals, yes, that's great. It's needed. It, it's a good roadmap. But you have to fall in love with the, with the game of baseball itself. And if you do that, you know, there's going to be avenues for you to continue playing no matter what avenue it is that you take. You know, it's so funny. I tell people all the time that my belief is that people can have their various opinions of what the best sport is, whether it's baseball, basketball, football. But the thing that I think separates baseball in terms of, like, it's such a great radio sport. It's your companion every day. You can sit on the porch with your, your mom, your dad, your uncle, your grandpa, and it's right there. Drink a lemonade. You hear the ball game. It's there. At 162 games, it's such a marathon, not a sprint there. And one of the things that sticks out about your career to me, Michael, I'm curious to get your feeling on this, is that when you retired after the 2015 campaign, you started every defensive position except catcher and shortstop. And you just talked about the winning can't be the motivation. It's got to be that you know, that romanticization, if you will, the, the love of the game. I mean, I'm sure there's so many moments that stick out, but for you, what what one or two things stick out about your big league career looking back on it? Well, you know, moments are, are fleeting, right? And, and memories are fleeting. They tend to blend together. Um, one, I prided myself in being a baseball player, like you mentioned, playing different positions. You know, I didn't say I was a right fielder. I'm a shortstop. I'm a, I didn't get caught up in the egotistical uh, limelight, so to speak, of I'm, I've got to play this position. I could considered myself a baseball player, and I worked at being a baseball player first and foremost. And talking about favorite moments, um, for me it was the relationships that I was able to, to garner through the sport. I was able to, to play a game that I loved for a long, long time, and I was able to meet some incredibly impactful people in my life and people that I'm, I, I've learned from, uh, that have mentored me, that I'm friends with today. And that's what ultimately sticks to get sticks with you. Anybody that's, that's older in the latter part of their you know, middle-aged life like I am, you realize that, that the moments, are, are, they, they blend together. You don't really remember the exact moments, but you do remember the relationships that you have and you remember the conversations that you have. And, and ultimately, when it's all said and done, that's what speaks more volumes to me than actually what happened on the field. So awesome. Uh, I'm curious now watching the game, too, for you. And you mentioned about the experience coming up with uh, Taiwan there, and I want to get your take on that, too. But when you watch the game, whether it be a major league game on, on a Tuesday night or you're watching the, the Twins play, the Angels and the Mariners, fill in the blank what team it is, high school games, college games. What, what do you think about the state of baseball right now? I know there's been some changes, obviously some rule changes at the big league level, the, the pitch clock, some of those things. Where do you think the sport is right now? And what do you think about some of the changes that have uh, taken place? Well, first of all, I think the talent is at an all-time high at the, at the major league level. I think, you know, 
these kids, these these players are are uber talented. They can they can run, throw, hit farther, faster, stronger than than. And that's how every generation should be, right? We should continue to continue to develop. I love personally love the rule changes. I, I love the excitement that it brings. It's bringing back a little more base running. Um, it's bringing back a little more strategy in the way that you can you can get in base hits and, and base hits are more important now than they were than they had been getting over the last few years. And for the younger generation, being able to, to watch a game a seven o'clock game and it's over with by nine thirty instead of ten forty five or ten thirty and, and these kids can't stay up that late and watch the game. So I I appreciate the rules. I like the rules. They're gonna continue to evolve these rules and make them make them more applicable and, and more exciting for, for this generation of fans. Sort of the piggyback on that. What'd you take uh, what'd you think of the World Baseball Classic and uh, D row Mark DeRosa with that group coming so oh so close there against the uh, the finish there with Otani versus Trout and and I know some people have, have debated whether we should have that after the World Series, before the season, those type of things, the injury effect. And then I guess how we translate that to now you and uh, what's going on in Taiwan coming up. Sure. Well as a fan as a fan I love the World Baseball Classic. No question about it. It's exciting to be able to have baseball that that means something like that and in the middle of march spring training time i I love it as a player uh as as a as a as part of an organization i've got mixed emotions mixed feelings about it it's it's a very early time in the season to be having those stressful innings for pitchers to be having those stressful at bats for the hitters uh, it, it's, it's, it's a tough time. It, it, there's, it's really the only time you can have it. You can't have it at the end of the season. You're not going to shut down the middle of the season for it. So if they are going to have it, that's really the only time to have it. Um, but I do have mixed emotions about it as a baseball person. Um, as far as what we're going to do um, in Taiwan, it's the world championships. It's the 18U national team. So it's literally the best of the best. We've got tryouts starting. Not, I can't really say tryouts. It's, it's <laughs> invite 96 of the best rising seniors are going to be meeting actually in two weeks in Cary, north carolina we're going to cut those down to 40 they're going to come to training camp in california at the end of august they're going to compete for four days we're going to cut that down to 20 and then head out to taiwan and play in the world championships oh that's so cool last two for you michael we appreciate the time we could talk to you all day we look forward to catching up again with you soon here michael kadire the man presenting the upcoming second annual Town Bank All Tidewater Baseball Classic Southside versus Peninsula and Private High School Baseball Showcase at the Bud Monday at ODU. Uh, all right, give me the uh, the pulse of the Twins right now, sitting atop the AL Central, but it could be uh, down the wire finish with uh, you guys. And then also you got Cleveland always gets hot late in the year with Francona's group. The White Sox have been surging. The Tigers. Uh, it should be a neat little race here, the pennant race here in the AL, and a lot of teams in the mix. I know Tampa Bay's been great all year long. I'm not sure there's really a dominant team in the sport as good as they are. Could be a fun postseason come October it is it is right now we're still in we're just in we're just getting out of the figure out who you are I always break down the season into three separate parts Mm -hmm. you're going to win 60 games you're going to lose 60 games plain and simple that's that's the nature of the game it's those 40 games in between and it takes those first 60 to figure out who you are as a team then it's the next 40 where you're just kind of jockeying position you know you're going to see some changes those last 60, man, that's when you that's when you start getting into the battle. You know who you are. So, uh, you know, I, I kind of tend to take the season like that. 
we're in this position now where I'm trying. I'm, I'm going to see who's going to jockey and who really wants to take the division, and then that last six is going to be real fun. Yeah, it should be a down the wire finish there with the uh, Twins sitting atop the AL Central by a smidge over the Guardians. And now, lastly, here, Michael, if folks want to get involved with this All Tidewater Baseball Classic, contribute in some way, or it could be a coach, an athlete, a parent, a fan, tell them how they can get involved with this. If they want to just support this cause. Well, I think you've, you've obviously hit on a lot of it. The website is, is probably the best place to go first and foremost. Um, you know, we're, we're definitely going to be taking donations. We're going to hope to to be able to expand some of the things that we're going to offer these kids here in the future, whether it's more quote-unquote gear or scholarships. We're going to try to try to really incorporate more and more experiences for these kids that are that are fortunate enough to play in this game and play in this classic. So, Visit those, reach out. You know, I've obviously got my socials. You've hit on all of that, which I appreciate that. And um, we're going to continue to grow this thing and hopefully make this a, a pretty special event year in and year out for these these players. Well, kudos to you, Michael, for getting involved with this and all you're doing for the 757, uh, the athletes and beyond. And uh, enjoy the game coming up on Monday over there at ODU. It's the uh, second annual Town Bank All Tidewater Classic presented by Michael Kadire, Southside versus Peninsula Private High School Baseball Showcase. All Tidewaterclassic.org is the website. Again, tickets $10 for adults, youth ages 5 to 12, 5 bucks, and free for all you little leaguers and travel team players. If you wear your team jersey, go out there and wear that team jersey. And again, uh, have a great time in Taiwan as well. We'll talk again soon. Thanks, Matt, and thanks for all you do for local sports. Appreciate it. Appreciate you. Michael Kattire with us, the former All-Star from Chesapeake's Great Bridge High School. Played for the Minnesota Twins in their Hall of Fame and still helping out the organization with us on 757 Saturday Sports Talk right here on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. One of the truly good guys in the 757. We've got so many of them across the various sports, be it baseball, basketball, football, track, you name it. And uh, great to see his involvement with this, with all these all Tidewater athletes. It's so funny, Richard, you hear him talk about just the uh, the picture, the color picture in the paper. Those days when, the, you know, I remember kids used to wake up, but that was such a big deal for them. And I think it's neat that there's getting a chance because a lot of these all-star games, you see it all the time too. We talk about it in pro sports. They haven't had the same meaning. So hopefully this gets a little zest and build up for the kids these days. I, I think think it probably does mean more to kids yeah. or to high school kids or to college kids even mm-hmm. if there's an all-star team there just because it's their first exposure to something like that hey i've been selected to be one of the best of the best and then but when you're in the professional ranks it's like i got my money you know what 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 more do i need i've got my money and it's such a you know and nowadays, it's like you want the time off rather than playing in some of that all-star. Yeah. Well, these kids now, there's no time off. There's no money involvement to this point. So it's, it's still got a little bit of the purity to it to a lot of degrees. So great to see that going on again. Plus, Go out there to the bud on Monday for that. Plus, the folks get proud, too. You know, No doubt. Family, people love to come out there. Your friends go support it there at the bud. It should be a great time. All right, we'll come back and have Tyree Kill, Miami Dolphins wide receiver. He doesn't have any 7-5-7 ties. Oh, yes, he does. He was in town, the Virginia Beach Sportsplex, with his youth camp and Soul Runner Speed. Academy. It's coming your way next right here on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. This is 757 Saturday Sports Talk on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. A cheetah has been spotted here in Virginia Beach and we're pleased to be joined by Miami Dolphins wide receiver Tyree Kill at his youth football camp and Soul Runner Speed Academy at the Virginia Beach Sportsplex. Tyreek, welcome to Virginia Beach. How's the offseason been treating you? Offseason is treating me great, man. You know, um, I'm living the dream. You know, I'm very happy with um, everything that I'm doing right now with the community. And I'm living great, man. Thank you for asking. 
Well, uh, tell me, I understand you've been doing this for several weeks, going around the country with this camp and the uh, Speed Academy. What's compelled you to do this? And then additionally, what's it mean to you to put smiles on kids' faces? Uh, the reason I really wanted to put this together is, man, because I feel like kids sometimes don't get that proper training. You know, um, a lot of these coaches are just here, you know, to get paid. or But, you know, we're here to basically, like, teach kids the fundamentals, the techniques about how to actually run, you know, and, you know, install, like, some like tough situations, you know, because uh, at the very beginning of every camp, we do like tug of war in front of everybody, parents, kids, and it's very intense. So, you know, just giving these kids, you know, a very football-like environment. Just bring you back to your youth a little bit. Did you go to some camps when you grew up and some people that were role models for you in the league? Or yeah, You know what? I did go to camps, you know, all, all my life. You know, um, even when I got into the league, you know, I feel like camps weren't, you know, properly ran. Those kids were just out there doing drills, you know, just going through the motion. And like I said, at the Speed Academy, what we do is we actually teach these kids, you know, correct these kids on what they're doing wrong, you know, trying to get them better on their fundamentals and techniques. So that's really why I wanted to, you know, create this whole thing with my friends, man, and so far so good. What's the feedback you've gotten from, you know, all these campers? I see you guys laughing, creating memories right. out there. You know, the parents have been going crazy. The parents have been raving about it, how detailed we are, you know, how organized we are, you know, with just everything that we do. And the kids obviously love it, man, because they get a chance to be on YouTube and TikTok and all these other things, man. So, I mean, and for me, you know, I'm, I'm just a kid li living my dream, man. I've always dreamed of giving back to the community, and football is my way of doing it. So, here I am. Is this your first time in Virginia Beach? And uh, what do you think of it so far, just, just being in the environment and being here? Yeah, this is my first time in Virginia Beach. Um, the only thing I got to say is the airport is real small. Uh, reminded me of Kansas City Airport before it was remodeled. So, yeah. But as far as Virginia Beach, the people are, are very nice here. It reminds me of my small southern town. So, it's definitely a town I would recommend coming back to. So Dolphins uh, made a lot of big moves this offseason. How good can this team be? Well, the sky's the limit for this team, man. Um, we, get, we got all the tools. We got all the, uh, everything that we need. We got a great head coach. Obviously, we got a great quarterback. Added some guys on defense with our uh, defensive coordinator. So everything is right there in, in um, arm's reach, man. So all we got to do is just take care of business whenever it comes, man, and just keep hold each other accountable, you know, work hard each and every day and don't get and don't get complacent. Tariq, you mentioned about the, uh, the guys on defense added. You got obviously yourself and Jalen Waddle on offense, a dynamic duo, one of the best in the league. Then you also have two corners uh, with Zayvon Howard and now Jalen Ramsey. Does that right. competition, the best versus the best possibly in terms of duos, bring out the best in you guys as far as you get ready for the season? What's that like when you get ready to go up against those guys in practice in the offseason mode, if you will? I mean, it's just fun for me. Yeah, I love competing, man. Like I said, that's what we do at the Speed Academy. You know, all, all, all my life I feel like I, I always had like a chip on my shoulder and like I just had to prove people wrong. You know, whether or not I can play receiver, whether or not I can do this. So, you know, I love competition and having Jalen Ramsey on one side and X on the other side for me and for me and J-Dub is going to be amazing. You know, it's going to help us out a lot. And I'm sure it's going to, you know, help those guys out a lot. And I'm sure that you guys have heard iron, iron sharp as iron. So there, there it is. That's part, I think, maybe that smooth transition for you last year. People wondered about you leaving Kansas City. You go in and your numbers were even better, it looked like. Tell me right. about just the transition and playing with Tua Tungavaloa at quarterback. I mean, early on this season, I think one of the memories that stands out for Dolphins fans was that comeback win against the Ravens, which was incredible. Right. Um, I was always taught, man, never make excuses. No matter the, the uh, circumstances, no matter what you're giving, man, don't make excuses. And that's, that's how I live my life. It, it doesn't matter who I got at quarterback. Obviously, Tua is great at what he does, and you know having Coach McDaniel is great. But yeah, man, I, I just I, I I believe I just had the right mindset of just going in, competing, you know, earning my teammates respect and trust and stuff like that. Um, and it went and went, went great. And I know this year is going to be even better. 
all these accolades, seven-time Pro Bowler, four-time first-team All-Pro. It's just incredible to come where you were as, I think, a fifth-round pick. You played at, was it Oklahoma State, West Alabama, Garden City Community College. What are you most proud of in your career on the field as well as off the field? What are you most proud of to this point? Now, you're only halfway done, maybe, maybe not even halfway. Right. Uh, something that I'm really proud of, man, is just being able to be a role model for these kids, you know, be being able to be a, a mentor for these kids, man. Small town Georgia kid, you know, raised by his grandparents in the church his whole life, man. So I've always been taught, man, to give back to the community and, you know, stay grounded and stay humble. You know, so, um, yeah, man, that's the one thing I'm proud of. You know, God has truly blessed me. So I'm going to continue to bless others around me with the resources that I got. And off the field, obviously, just being a father, man. You know, I, I think that's like the hugest thing for me. And that's something that I had to learn how to do. Um, because I spend so much time away from my kids and just my family, my mom, my sister, and them, and it, it sucks for just everybody. And but you know they have all been so great with just being patient with me and just allowing me to just figure out my life and you know setting us all up for success. You know, so my kids, my family, I'm just off the field. I'm proud of my family, man, for just being so patient with me. Is there anything that people don't know about you that you like to tell the world? Yeah, if you want to uh, support the community, I, I know a lot of people want to give back to the community or, you know, help their community some kind of way. Every camp that we go to, if y'all don't know, we, we try to give back some kind of money. Um, we try to, you know, find some kind of charitable something going on in the city that we host these camps and give back. So if you want to donate to the Tyreek Hill Family Foundation, you can at TyreekFamilyFoundation.org. Or you can go to my uh, Instagram at Cheetah or on Twitter and just click the links and it's, uh, it's easy. What would you, the last thing you would tell kids out here that wants to be that Tyreek Hill one day? What would you tell them? I would say don't be Tyreek Hill. Be, be better than Tyreek Hill because I tell all my kids that, man, don't be like your father. Be better than your father. And, you know, listen to these coaches because these are some great coaches. These are some of the guys that helped me along the way. And um, make sure you eat your vegetables. All right, that was Tyreek Hill, the Miami Dolphins wide receiver, and his foundation, by the way, at that uh, Soul Runners Speed Academy and Youth Football Camp that took place last week at the Virginia Beach Sportsplex with an excess of 225 kids participating. Uh, donated a check over $5,000 to the Girls Club of Hampton Roads. We caught up with him at the Sportsplex, so I appreciate him doing that with us here at 757 Saturday Sports Talk. And what? a shout-out for vegetables at the end. Eat your vegetables. What was your favorite vegetable growing up as a kid, There Richie? wasn't one. You didn't like it? No but, Brussels sprouts, no carrots, no none of that? I, uh, oh, I, I, got a, I got a Brussels Go sprout story. Oh, first boy. of all, first of all What's who, Brussels? You know, I, I always think about this with certain vegetables. Like, you know, what caveman out there thought when they saw that for the first time said, I could actually eat that? Oh, I know. You know, uh, okay, so... My dad and my grandparents, we, my grandmother's sister lived out in Seattle. Okay. Lived in, actually across on the Olympic Peninsula across from Seattle, across Puget Sound. Uh, she hadn't seen her for a few years. This is like, I was six years old. So we decided, or somebody decided, it wasn't me, obviously, <laughs> to take a train trip on the Canadian National from Toronto to Vancouver and then drive, it was, you know, for it was a fantastic, you know, journey in terms of, you know, sights and that kind of thing. Okay. Um, but on one of the dinners in the boxcar, they served Brussels sprouts, you know, oh. whatever meal I had. Oh, boy. And the maitre d' refute, said he was not going to serve dessert to me unless <laughs> I ate them. Wow. Yes. I don't know what it is about Canadian maitre d's on oh. trains, but uh, I still, I did not bite 
on it. So I did said, you did you find a way, like find a dog or just like you ate him, like spilled him or something? Did you hide him? No, I think I I think the Major D saw that they were going to lose a sale uh. and uh, that I was a, a little more obstinate than he, uh, okay. than he uh, thought. But uh, I did not see Brussels sprouts again until like I got them with a. A meal I ordered. My mom had we had her birthday up in Maryland, and I, okay. they came with crab cakes, and I tried a couple, and they were just as disgusting it as I thought. Pro- they were evoked be. those bad memories, I guess. There you go. That, well, was, that wasn't a bad memory though. That was a good memory. Good memory as far as a trip. That was me you. as a six-year-old standing up to the guy who was serving us. I <laughs> there mean, you go. That's the way I the way I look at it. There you go. Well, uh, that was interesting. They said eat your vegetables. I hadn't, I hadn't heard a pro athlete say that probably in a long, long time. I, I wasn't expecting that. No, so. I wasn't either. And then he was. He, I tell you what. Watching him, and he was, for two and a half hours there last Sunday, he was from place to place. I can see why. Listen, there's a lot of receivers you can pick for best in the league, and he's in that conversation with Jamar Chase, who has the flair for the big play, Cooper Cup, who I know was hurt last year, but not far removed from just a dazzling postseason and Super Bowl run with the Rams with Matthew Stafford delivering him the football, Stephon Diggs with the Bills, Justin Jefferson, who was just remarkable at times for the Vikings last year, Devontae Adams, who's been a model of consistency even after he left the Packers and Aaron Rodgers to go to the Raiders. Uh, where we have no idea who's going to throw the football anymore. But uh, I think it's probably, if not inarguable, I'd say pretty clear that Tyreek Hill is the fastest wide receiver in the league. His 3.2 yards per route run last season in his first year with the Dolphins coming over from the Chiefs was almost a half a yard more than any other receiver. And uh, he is called the Cheetah for a reason. So, uh, And his story is uh, quite fascinating to go from uh, Garden City Community College, a fifth rounder at one point, to seven-time Pro Bowler and four-time All-Pro first team. Wanted to get one more question his way, but he was, Rich, he was gone. I was going to actually you know, be the, 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 the jerk reporter and say, so Tyreek, what's, what's your feeling on all the odds makers saying you're going to finish third in the AFC East behind the Bills and Jets? And then he probably would have told me to go stick it somewhere where the sun doesn't shine. But nonetheless, uh, you know, we'll see what the Dolphins do with him and Waddle. They got Ramsey and Howard at the corners. We'll see if Tua can stay healthy, which is such a big question mark for them. But good to see him. He's been, I think, at nine different camps, and he's got like six more until the end of July, every weekend doing these for the kids. So it's pretty cool there. So uh, yeah, if you got any uh, thing you want to weigh in, you have a couple minutes to hop in here before we, uh, we actually got a few minutes before we sign off today here at, at 12 noon, 757 687 That's area code 757-687-9494 is the telephone number. If you had to pick one receiver right now, Richie, not all time, people will go with, you know, a lot of people say Jerry Rice. I know you as a Steelers fan love Lynn Swan and John Stallworth. Uh, you know, some greats there from back in the day. One receiver right now, who would be your first picket receiver? Fantasy football draft coming up. Who's your first receiver if you can pick one? Oh, boy. It's uh, a tricky one, isn't it? Yeah, it is. In a lot of different ways. Um... I mean, he's in the conversation, Hill is, with some, some several of these guys I mentioned, like Diggs and Jefferson and Adams and Cup and Chase, and I'm probably leaving out a couple. Yeah, I'm I'm not sure about how the Vikings are going to be this year for Jefferson. So if we're looking at, you know, Hill's got to be at least one of the top three guys there. And Jalen Waddle takes about. away a little bit, but not a ton from his production, just a smidge. I wouldn't say it, it, you know, I mean, he gets more targets than him. I mean, you could go... You can maybe go with someone off the board there, but I think those Probably five or six be, guys are up there. You know, you know, let's see what Devontae Adams does this year. And I who's mean, throwing him the ball? Yeah, uh, it may not be Garoppolo. It's not going to be Carr and Rodgers, we know that. And it probably won't be Jimmy G the way it's looking. That's at, least sounded. Not, at least not at the beginning of the year. No, I mean, and that's a question for a lot of these guys. I mean, if Tua can stay healthy, I think... Chase might be the safest because of Joe Burrow, assuming his offensive line does not get him killed or annihilated at some point. He might be the safest because, I mean, if Tua stays healthy, you say sure there. And then Diggs is very good. Josh Allen's been durable. Um, He's not a bad option either. 
Cups guy has been hurt in Stafford. There's a lot of these, a lot of these better receivers. Their quarterback situation might be a, a smidge iffy. You wonder about the guys staying healthy. Yeah, and of course, you know Smith and Philly. Um, yeah, that's a good one. I mean, and, and then you wonder a little bit, a little bit to degree, like with Waddle and Hill, with Smith and AJ Brown, do they take away from each other a little bit? With which guy is the is the lead guy every week per se? I mean, I would agree. I think Devontae Smith's a great pick there. There's a lot of different ways you can go. A lot of people here love the Washington football team. Will argue Terry McLaurin, but again, do you have faith in Washington's QB giving him the passes and Sam yeah. Howell? I don't know that you do. Yeah, you're looking at production. You're looking for wins, and and right, as I would say Adam Smith and Hill would be you know, the they're, three guys there. They're right up there. So it's an interesting uh, thought there. So we'll take one more time out. We'll give you our Belmont Stakes picks for today, as it's the last leg of the Triple Crown. We'll have a Triple Crown winner this year because the Derby winner did not win the Preakness. And then we'll also give a little ODU basketball tidbit that uh, came out a couple days ago and uh, get you updated on what's happening with the Spring Sports Championships. A couple uh, about to be in the books, a couple forthcoming. Phone lines remain open at 757-687-9494 at 757-Saturday Sports Talk, powered by Larry King Law, right here on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. 757 Saturday Sports Talk on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. All right, final segment on this Saturday, the 10th day of June, the year 2023, for 757 Saturday Sports Talk on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. I want to thank all of our guests we've had on today, including former Minnesota Twins All Star Michael Kadire of Great Bridges, Chesapeake, or I should say Chesapeake's Great Bridge High School. Uh, also want to thank uh, Drew D'Amico from PrepSoccer.com. Follow them on Twitter to get all your soccer updates. The coach, Ed Young, my usual cohort for chiming on as well. And Tyree Kill, the Miami Dolphins wide receiver at the Virginia Beach Sportsplex last week with his Soul Runner Speed Academy and Youth Football Camp. If you missed any of the show, it'll be up on our podcast page on Priority Auto Sports Radio 941.com. Matt Hatfield here with you, Richie Somerville on the other side of the glass. As well, phone lines remain open at 757-687-9494. Am I seeing this right, Richie, that uh, Svitek is losing right now in the Women's French Open? Uh, uh, that is correct. Uh, Muchova is up fourth. Uh, you know, they, they split the first two sets, so the siding third. Although Svitek appears to be about ready to break Mukova's serve. Okay. Uh, she's up 40-15, so break point coming up here on this uh, time, and they would tie the third set at 4-4. I'm a little surprised because Mukova, if I remember, beat was at Sabalenka in the last round, and she was unranked coming into this, I believe, uh, Mukova. This is a remarkable... If she has to pull this off against Svitek, who was a heavy favorite going in, that is a, an enormous stunner. And she's still got ways to go. This thing is far from over, but... Uh, that's interesting to me. The men's final tomorrow, you got obviously, I think it's 8.30 Eastern in the morning, Novak Djokovic and Kasper Ruud. I think Djokovic is going to get it done now that he took care of Alcarez, who unfortunately had the... And even if he doesn't have the uh, situation yesterday where he cramped up, there's, there's no guarantee that that Alcarez beats Djokovic. It was, it was much more competitive, obviously, before that happened. So he took care of business pretty easily after that, went in the third set, fourth set, and away you go. But Is this a little bit late for in June for the French Open? I always thought it was like done at, like the weekend after Memorial Day. It might it might have moved it back a week for the, the calendar. I haven't looked at it closely. It did seem it seemed like it lingered a little bit longer this year, too. I think they could go... Yeah, the 10th feels like it's, it's really kind of late for the French. Just, yeah. just from, you know, you, know, you always have that... that Internal sports calendar in your head. And sure, it just seems like they they may. I don't know. I guess they maybe they pushed it ahead of week because today's the beginning of. Uh, I saw right on Twitter, LeBron James was the one who dropped the flag at the twenty four hour Le Mans today. Oh, oh wow, goodness, 
That's well. Well, then you get the the Wimbledon is like July 8th or 9th, right around there after the 4th of July weekend, I think is when they end up having. And then you have the, the men's and women's U.S. Opens at the end of August. So uh, part of the grand yeah, that's around there. Labor Day. Yeah, so it'd be interesting to see what uh, what transpires there uh, for those ones coming up because uh, Djokovic certainly trying on the men's side uh, t- uh, pass Nadal, who he's tied there for the most all-time. One more win, and he will pass him. I mentioned before we went to break, a little bit of ODU news on the basketball front of things. The transfer portal is always going 24-7, 365, and the uh, Monarchs added on Thursday a new piece to the puzzle for Jeff Jones and company with Dayton transfer R.J. Blakeney, the six foot six wing out of Baltimore, played at Dayton. 82 games for the Flyers, started 58 of them. So looking at the math there, uh, a little more than two-thirds of them for three seasons, and now is going to close out his career in a new jersey, uh, the ODU Monarchs jersey, some of that Hudson blue, and over six points and three rebounds per game in his career. So we'll see what he can do for them as it's every year, it feels like this, Richie, with college basketball and college football. More so college basketball than football, although football, it's revolving doors with quarterbacks. Now I'm looking at some of these preseason previews coming out. I'm sure we'll get Phil Steele on the show uh, in the next month or so as his book will be out on new shelves. We love having Phil on. He's been a staple on these airwaves for many, many years, well before I was even here. But uh, it's just, you have to have, it's a transactions page. It's so hard to keep up with it nowadays. Who is where? What what players? Because you feel like, all right, the season ends, I got these six or seven guys or gals if it's women's basketball coming back, and it's completely brand new. It's no longer what it used to be five, ten years ago. It's totally different. Totally different. you got to think there's got to be some sort of I don't know. There's there, there's got to be some sort of a, a, a breaking point for this, in terms of a limitation on. It. Maybe you get the one. Maybe you get one transfer into the portal without having to sit out, but then the next one. Okay, you got to take a little time here to think about it. You well, know? I don't know if you saw it, but the president of the NCAA, Charlie Baker, was talking the other day with uh, some people. I know it was in the USA Today about just some NIL legislation for the next year or so. And he's hoping to gain some of that federal legislation uh, and make some changes to it. But I think it's going to take him still another couple of years for that to be put into effect to make this less of the wild, wild west and as hectic as it is right now where people have no idea who's on your... I mean, the Monarchs know they got certain guys back, right? Chauncey Jenkins looks like he's back. This guy's back. But from year to year, you have no idea who's coming and going. It is totally uh, just a blur. Yeah, uh, I mean, I figure there's got to be some middle ground here. But what... I don't, I'm, I'm really confused. What does the government have to do with any of this? What, what, what possible legislation is there that comes up with some sort of a solution where's the problem for the solution i guess is what i'm looking for what what or what 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 would this legislation attempt to cure i don't i don't understand i mean that's something that i think ed's talked about it we've all said like where is it i think there's just all this threat and fear of going into the courts and then losing and just being completely you know eviscerated from that standpoint but I think that takes losing, a, losing what the, the the not having the ability to pay them a salary or, right. or, or but that's determining gonna, them to be employees. And is that, as is that Ed what has is? said, is that that takes so long to go through that process and come to a you know decision or conclusion. I don't think it's a simple snap your fingers, you lose. It, it doesn't happen that way. Which I think there's a little bit of that fear with it. So 
It's still a. Uh, it's very chaotic though right now uh, on Capitol Hill and beyond that with the NCAA and everything going on with. But he was really upset about the current guidelines. I don't know if you saw it. He went. He went off the other day about it. Charlie Baker, the uh, new man at the uh, top of things from the NCAA, a lot better than uh, Mark Emmert as far as some of the things that he was going through with it. But uh, he took over that position. Uh, I believe assumed it like at the start of March because he came in. It was hired essentially December, but. So we'll see what what transpires. I have no idea what's going to play out in the next uh, several months and years, and it's been pretty tumultuous, at least. But the the point of everything there is R.J. Blakeney coming to ODU from Dayton, so he's going to hopefully bolster the the Monarchs lineup this coming winter on the hardwood. And I'm sure there'll be more transfers that go and come across the board, and that will be that. Again, phone lines open at 757-687-9494. If you want to hop in here at 757-687-9494, we'll do our Belmont picks here in just a moment. But I'll give you a quick update on some of the uh, state championships for the spring sports going on right now as we speak to you live here in the 11 o'clock hour, closing in on 12 noon. Top of the fourth inning, Cox leading Independence one to nothing. Uh, you know who's one of the, the key guys for the Cox baseball team? Riley D. Candido, son of John D. Candido, oh, who we all know. Wow. Yeah, he's going to Maryland to play his baseball. He also played some basketball this year. So Riley hit a big home run, I think it was in yesterday's semifinals, that helped bring them back from behind. So Riley D. Candido is a senior. How old are we? Uh, <laughs> helping up the baseball team at Cox as we're going to try to win a championship today for Coach Matt Itner, who's been on the show before and has won a championship. One to nothing, top of the fourth inning against Independence, trying to win the title there. It's in the books, Class 5 boys soccer championship if you heard Drew D'Amico last hour bit of a mild surprise not a shocker like Kellum girls not making it there but Princess Anne boys are state champs in boys soccer three to one they have beaten Cox today so kudos to them as they had a two nothing halftime lead and they prevail by a count of three to one as of about 15 20 minutes ago from our friends at 757 teams a Woodgrove led Hickory one to nothing in the class five softball championship so that's the latest on that front there uh, looks like, as I'm checking Drew's Twitter feed here on the boys' soccer. Yeah, what uh, do we know about Kellum? Kellum, at last check, uh, looks like Kellum has uh, advanced. They won as of seven minutes ago. It was nil-nil with Hayfield. They advanced on penalty kicks, so they will meet the winner of Lancetown and John R. Lewis for the Class 6 championship. You say, who is John R. Lewis? It used to be Robert E. Lee of Springfield. They changed their name a couple years ago, as a lot of schools have changed their names in the last couple of years, so they will take on the winner. It could be an all-beach state championship for boys' soccer. It could be Kellum Lancetown, like we've got today, coming up at 1230 with Smithfield and Jamestown boys' soccer. We know the Lafayette girls' soccer trying to go for back-to-back. So there you have it. So uh, Kellum winning it on penalty kicks, and if you heard Drew earlier, thinks we might have a penalty kick situation to decide the Smithfield-Jamestown chapter four and their historic battle going on there so uh, there you have it on the uh, latest spring sports happenings and what's transpiring there and i'm um, looking for one more, one more i think that's in progress here as so, uh, before we do our belmont picks to see what's going on here uh, i have not seen oh here we go last look at the class two baseball from the bulletin sports out there in martinsville patrick county leading pocosin six to one pocosin stranded a leadoff double in the fifth inning so it's going to take a rally of epic proportions, if you will, for the Bull Islanders to finish it off and win the state championship against Patrick County. 
uh, in the Class 2 final over there. So a lot of things are happening. Keep it up to date on your Twitter feeds. We'll actually retweet a lot of these later on throughout the afternoon and night on our Twitter feed, 757 Sports Talk uh, for our show. That's 757 Sports Talk. You can also still follow the station's Twitter feed, too, for Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1 at ESPN Radio 941. And one more update for you. There's a little Twitter uh, birdie. Uh, after two innings, Smithfield Baseball and a Hanover are scoreless. So the Packers uh, in action there on the baseball side of things have not uh, gotten a run across the board. But I think it's a good sign, as I told Keith last hour, Richie, keep Hanover from striking early. They need to get a couple runs on the board, though, early in this one, I think, because I don't know if they want to go to extras with the scoreless in that one. So there you have it. That's the latest on the uh, baseball, soccer front for uh, boys and girls, everything taking place today. All right. It's the Belmont Stakes. First of all, Richie, are you watching this today? Yes or no? Are you into the horse racing, or do you say, no Triple Crown, I'm not in, in, invested? I, I like it. It's just it's just not at the top of my radar. So okay. it's like, okay, 7 o'clock is here, or is it 6.30, or is it 6? So I don't know exactly when it is. I know it's between 6 and 7, because they've kind of moved them back now uh, later into the broadcast window that NBC got. Although I'm surprised Fox has the rights to the Belmont State. That is, yeah. You know, it's interesting. Uh, we had this uh, conversation with Daryl Wood, who we had on uh, Kentucky Derby Weekend. We've also had on the show Nick Hahn before, I think last year for Belmont, because we had that in play with the Triple Crown. We've had some with a couple of our horse racing guys we get on during the, the legs of the Triple Crown with Belmont, Preakness, Kentucky Derby. Uh, there's some things they have to obviously reconstruction with the horse racing uh, business, number one. But number two, I like that the race is so quick. It's not like something that takes five hours and we're in an instant world where people want to go bang, bang, bang. But they'll say the thing starts at six and now it's starting like at 7.03 now. Like it, it, it lingers on the, the race build up and lead up. It takes forever. So you, you want to program your TV just to see when they're going in there and then boom, they're off. You don't want to sit there for an hour, 45 minutes when you maybe want to watch a baseball. You want to watch this. Things you got to do on a Saturday. You want to catch the race for, you know, it's five, 10 minutes. I do enjoy the race itself. I, I yes. really do. I really enjoy the race because I mean it's the best of the best, and you know you get that upset and they get excited about it. I mean it's really. I, I mean the bell. If I'm seeing this right, nine horse field. So yeah. that seems to be about you know a perfect number. Well, we've got we love this because he he told me I'm going to go with him one of these years. I know he's listening. Former, we've had him on the show many times. Even you've done it before when he came on with you and Ed uh, Scott Johnson, former Oscar Smith and Western Branch uh, football coach, just texted in his picks for us. So here we go. I'm going to put this out there for the airways. Sure. Scott's got Tappet Trice. He's got Fort. It's pronounced Fort, not Forte. I, I was educated. And Angel of Empire. So he's going Tappet Trice, Fort, and Angel of Empire. And and Scott, I think, hit this last year. And he also hit. He texted me. We didn't get this on airwaves though. He he hit the. Uh, he took National Treasure to win the uh, Preakness. Bob Baffert's horse. So there you have it. He got that one right. And uh, we'll see what uh, we'll see what ha- what takes place there. Okay, I'm going to pick National Treasure because okay. I like the movie. All right. Yeah, Angel Empire. And then you've got to have at least a little bit of a long shot in here for your for your trifecta. So that's why I'm doing it. So I'm taking Angel Empire Angel of Empire to finish second and Red Route 1 to go from the 9 hole and uh take third. All right. So to recap, National Treasure's your pick. National Treasure. Angel of Empire is your place. Yes, and the show horse Red Route 1. Red Route 1. So there you go. That's Richie Somerville's picks for today. <laughs> if you win, you can send him your uh his portion of his winnings to 5589 Greenwich Road here at Max Media and uh attention to Mr. Somerville. All right. By the way, Switek's gone up 5-4 in the third set in the French Open Women's Final, so okay. and uh, Makova's uh, serving right now. All right. So not in the clear there for uh Switek, but feeling a lot better as I imagine the odds are starting to 
swing towards her favorite air for that one coming up. All right, let me give you my win play show. Pick, then I got to take a, uh, a step back because I got as the show people start texting the show. They can always call us at seven five seven six eight seven ninety four ninety four. But we're almost out of time, so I will backtrack on something I skipped over on the spring sports baseball side of things. There's so many teams competing for championships. So you heard Somerville's picks, National Treasure, Angel of Empire, Red Route One. Here's what I'm going with, and Ed just texted in his pick as well before we sign off here. All right, I'm going to go to win this race. I'm not going National Treasure. I'm going to pick National Treasure at, at five to one or thereabouts to uh, place. I'm going to take Arcangelo at eight to one to show the number three horse. But my winner is going to be Angel of Empire at seven to two. It's a plotter, unheralded. My horse guy tells me, but very solid. Only a bit behind Mage, the Kentucky Derby. Good trainer in Brad Cox. So give me my trifecta of eight four three, Angel of Empire, National Treasure. And Arcangelo, and Ed has just texted in his picks. He's going Fort, Treasure, and Tap It Trice. Not twice, but Trice, as that is his selections on this uh, state championship Saturday for the spring sports. And we will uh, finish off with this little note here on the baseball side of things. Thanks to our man Kevin on the... uh, uh, Peninsula over there in York for giving me an update on this. Uh, York's high school is playing for a softball state championship. I miss, uh, glossed over them. Apologies to them. Uh, New Kent got upset yesterday, and York will play the team that beat a pretty good Trojans team from New Kent. Uh, so there you have it. So we'll keep an eye on how York does as well. We're out of time. So much going on in the world of sports. Thanks to Richie, all of our guests. If you missed any of the show, it'll be up on the podcast page on Priority Auto Sports Radio 941.com. We got you everything from high school sports to ODU, the Tides, the NFL, baseball, basketball, the finals. Is, it's all right here on your home for sports. Keep it tuned, locked and loaded to Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. Enjoy your weekend, everyone.